Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the fourth installment in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie review series. Today I am reviewing TMNT. This is your host, Corbin. Now, if you have not heard my previous three reviews of the 90s live action movies, you might want to check those out because this is technically considered the fourth entry in that continuity. This still takes place after those three movies have occurred. So I will link to those down below. Also, last week I released your guide to TMNT that tells you why it took 14 years for this movie to get made. It took forever to get a sequel. Talk about all the marketing, the horrible, disappointing box office numbers, this what critics and audiences thought of that, all of those juicy details. That's your first link down below, so check that out. We also have timestamps down there if you're ready to just jump straight ahead. All kinds of great content down below. If you're not looking down below, you're missing out. And of course, no matter where you're at, make sure to hit subscribe. Make sure to leave a like, a five-star rating. It's a great free way to help us out. So back in 2007, I was just over 12 years old. In fact, I was 12 years, one month, and 12 days old. So I was, what what would you call me, a tween? I guess a preteen. I was I was getting close to being a teenager, but I did not feel like a teenager. I still felt like this 12-year-old kid having a bunch of fun, hanging out. So this trailer got my attention back in 2007. I was very excited about this movie, looking forward to it. If memory serves, I did go see this movie in theaters with my family and then my friend and then his family. So it was kind of like a whole family thing. I think we all went out to eat and then we came came out and checked out this movie at our local theater. And I remember having a good time. I remember really liking this movie back when I was a 12-year-old, having a lot of fun with it. Looking at it as an adult now, the teaser trailer for this movie is not bad. It, I think it just looks cheap. Back then, I guess I didn't really think about it too much. This animation is very cheap. This type of animation, which I guess was worthy of theatrical release back then, really is the cheapo direct-to-DVD, direct-to-Netflix type stuff nowadays. Or, I mean, even still, there's still some better stuff than this. Um, the actual trailer for this movie looks pretty wild. It looks to offer a lot more than anything the previous three films ever had. So if I was an adult going to see this movie now, I would definitely be probably taking my little brothers-in-law. They're, they're young I don't know if it would totally hold their attention, but I'd be seeing it with them. I personally would not be seeing this movie as an adult in theaters by myself or with my wife or even with friends. I would I would skip it, and I honestly probably wouldn't even rent it. Well, listeners, if you have not seen TMNT and you don't want the film spoiled for you, go ahead and click pause right now. Go ahead and check out the film and then come back and click play. We'll be ready to talk about it. Here is your 30-second plot that I tried to make comprehensible. With the aid of the Foot Clan, Casey Jones and April O'Neil, Master Shredder, yes, everyone is included, the Turtles stop an immortal bent on resurrecting his fallen allies made of stone and unleashing further monsters. 
Also, the turtles learn the meaning of teamwork. Finally, I guess, brotherhood and leadership. That's about as much out of this plot as I got. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. But if I go too, too more into depth, we'll be here all day. So let's talk about the opening of this film. I really believe the opening for movies sets the tone and really is a great way to either hook the audience or completely put them off. So I always want to talk about the opening. The opening for this is a monologue done by none other than Lawrence Fishburne, uh, which is surprising because that's the only thing he does in this movie. It does actually catch up the audience on the turtles from the previous three movies, and they're in the shadows jumping across rooftops, little crouching tiger hidden dragon style. It looks kind of cool, actually. There is some crazy Lord of the Rings opening here. Uh, the battle at Mount Doom from the very beginning of the original Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. This is more or less recreated here. There's also some cosmic horror, too, about opening some portal. Uh, a little bit of Hellboy. Hellboy was coming out around this time, too. They're unleashing monsters. This is a wild and wacky opening. Definitely catching my attention. Not what I was expecting whatsoever. Now it does jump to present-day Colombia, and Leonardo is known as the Ghost of the Jungle. He's down there taking out these, you know, South American rebels. Uh, definitely shocking and strange. I was very surprised, but nevertheless, I'm pulled in. The opening's intriguing. The action here is kind of intriguing as well. We do find out that the brothers are sort of split up. Apparently, this was Splinter's plan to send him down to South America to learn how to become a leader. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they're just kind of without a paddle. These turtles are not really quite sure what to do. They're not the fun-loving, carefree characters we left off in the third film. I am really happy with the voice cast, though. That's going to be my biggest compliment for this movie. Uh, James Arnold Taylor is playing Leonardo. I know his voice very well. He's Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars series. Uh, of course, you know, Chris Evans, Patrick Stewart, a lot of these people here, I really enjoy what they bring to the voice cast. I am happy to see Casey Jones back. At least he does a little bit more action. Him and April are still together, although according to what is on the Blu-ray, a lot of their plot is cut from the theatrical film. One thing they really do right, especially opening this up, is when they introduce each turtle, they also show their name across the bottom of the screen. I was always very confused on which turtle was which. This is a great way for audiences to know who's who. This is also the first movie with emotions, I would say. These brothers are lost without Leo. There is some conflict in Leonardo about being a leader. There's even this big battle I'll talk about between Leo and Raphael. And finally, there is some leadership being exerted here. Splinter has always been this Chuck E. Cheese, you know, animatronic just sitting around. Between the four of them, there really would need to be a leader, and that's never really signified. At least I never picked up on it in the other ones. This is logical. This makes sense. At first, I am appreciating this looks to be a more complex story since the other stories were essentially utter nonsense. It does get too convoluted. I'll talk to, talk to that here. But I will say it does become too convoluted. Um, I couldn't track with it. I found it very difficult to keep up with what was going on. Nevertheless, they are trying for something with a bit more meat on its bones. This one was kind of shocking. There is a rooftop rain fight sequence 
that I will say Zack Snyder took heavy inspiration from later in Batman versus Superman. I mean, look at Raphael's armor. He looks like Batman in his armor. I was really surprised to see that. It's a pretty good uh, emotional fight sequence, but I just couldn't help but think of BVS. My major disappointment here is the animation doesn't hold up, uh, especially to today. I mean, I can watch Toy Story and still not think much of it, even though that film is older than this one. This animation to me just looks cheap. Now I get it. It's different. It's unique. It's a product of its time. I can't help but feeling though it's just underfunded. It's It just looks cheap. Even back then, I was a kid, so I didn't think anything of it, but it just doesn't look great. Unfortunately, Mako voicing Splinter doesn't really do it for me. I do actually miss the Elmo Splinter from the very first film. I love Mako as a, his voice is very iconic. He's a great voice actor and great actor in general. This one, I'm not crazy about it, unfortunately. Also, the foot are kind of pointless in this movie. They actually team up with the turtles at one point to stop the bad guys, I appreciate they're not the main focus of the villain, and it's actually Shredder's daughter who is the head bad guy of the Foot Clan. There's just not a lot for him to do in this movie, and their incorporation is kind of needless. Now, I will say, aside from the animation, the biggest downfall is 10 minutes in. No matter how much action is in this movie, I know it won't be able to hold my attention. I'm just too far gone as an adult. I'm not, I don't have that 12-year-old mindset anymore. I'm not the target audience. Even though they did try and make this darker, more emotional. I do appreciate the efforts. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, what they're trying to do necessarily. I just think that it's just, I'm out of the age range. It's just something that is too young for me. Not to mention the animation, I think is not fun to look at. It's hard for me to look at too. Of course, this movie, if you're an adult, may cause you to doze. I did doze a little bit. For the middle of the film and I did wake up to find they were fighting this red devil in the kitchen causing me to question what movie am I in I really don't care about this movie anymore uh like I said 10 minutes in I'm struggling halfway through I'm ready to get it over with this movie is a little bit over 80 minutes take out the credits it's very very short and I will say it is one of those movies where kind of blinking you miss it you already realize you're at the climax Nothing of too much consequence has occurred, especially if you're struggling to keep up with this one. While the animation for TMNT doesn't hold up today, it's still a shell of a good time. If you're a kid, that is. I remember having a lot of fun seeing this in the theater. Returning to it as an adult, watching it by myself, I found myself disappointed this animated feature really is made for kids and has very little to offer for adults. It's missing the residual impact of a Disney or Pixar film. The voice casting is top rate. The story is, well, maybe the most exciting we've gotten across the quadrilogy, unless you prefer the classic simplicity of the first entry. I appreciate they took the franchise in a new direction, at least. They still wrote a somewhat intriguing, albeit odd story, and the main thing, they at least tried something new. I think kids may still find some enjoyment out of this one. The more savvy children will notice the outdated visuals, but will still find enough action and possibly laughs to have a good time. TMNT receives four stars out of 10 with a not recommend. Would I pick this one up or would I pass? Well, it's already in my collection. I got it at Dollar Tree on Blu-ray for $1.00. 
And you know what? I'm perfectly fine. This is a fun movie from my childhood, from my tween years. So I'll have fun showing it to my kids someday. So if I had to rank the quadrilogy, I would go the very first one would be my number one pick. I still really think that's an enjoyable movie, albeit very, very flawed. This is coming in at number two. I actually rated those movies the same, but this one's number two for me. Uh, TMNT 2, Secret of the Ooze, coming in at third. And finally, Turtles in Time, the third entry, coming in dead last at number four. So I've actually not recommended any of these movies, at least not to adults anyways. I think kids might have some fun with it. My average rating for the entire quadrilogy is three out of ten, which is a really strong not recommend. I'm disappointed, though. None of these movies, I couldn't recommend any of them. But I can recommend to you a couple other things. I'm going to be recommending the movie Hoodwinked. At least I think I'm recommending it. I enjoyed that one as a kid. Similar animation style, similar kind of fun takeoff of the Shrek universe type thing. I'd definitely check out Hoodwinked. I think you'll like it, especially if you have kids. Um, Shazam, the new Shazam movie, has some of these like stone monsters in it as well. I felt like I couldn't help but think of that while watching this. There's also a, this is just for kids, this recommendation, Froggy World. Does that ring any bells to anybody? I believe it was a Christian cartoon about frogs, and there's some amusement park and some something to do with Adam and Eve and Original Sin. I don't know. Um, anyways, Froggy World might be uh, something fun for your kids to check out. At least I thought it was interesting when I was a kid. So at the time of the film's release, they were already talking about a trilogy, which is no surprise. This clearly wasn't just going to be a one-off. The second film would adapt the 13-part comic book saga, City at War, and TMNT 3 would have featured the Triceratones and Technodromes. Uh, Monroe even had plans or even hoped for Michael Clark Duncan to voice Commander Mozar. If you want to know more about those two movies, there are articles out there where Monroe talks about his hopes for the trilogy. Um, also, co-creator Peter Laird even hoped they would eventually do a live-action CGI hybrid with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Chris Evans reprising their roles. But, of course, in live-action form. That would have been the fifth film. That never came to fruition, but the Michael Bay stuff did pull off the live-action and CGI. So, of course, maybe you're wondering, maybe you figured it out by now, why didn't we get a second TMNT? Why didn't we get TMNT 2 and finish off the trilogy? Well... The movie just didn't make enough money to substantiate creating a new trilogy and marketing tie-ins. People just didn't really care about this at the time. And I think in some ways it's unfortunate. I would have been curious to see if they could have improved the animation, if they maybe could have got a stronger budget. Maybe the story would have really pulled some stuff together and made this a lot better and made this the best trilogy we've gotten so far. But as of right now, we'll never know. Now, never say never, of course. This is technically a sequel 14 years in the making. Now, we are a little over 15 years out from when this film was released, so the clock's a ticking to if they ever are going to do a sequel to this. My guess is no. I think they're going to let sleeping dogs lie, but like I said, never say never. It is a possibility we, we could pick up back where this one left off. Halloween has proved that time and again. So it was finally seven years later that we got the Michael Bay reboot. I have never seen either of those films. Those will be completely new to me. Fingers crossed they will be the best in the franchise. I've yet to find that out. But 
come and find it out with me. Make sure to subscribe. We're, we're going to figure it out together. Well, listeners, the question after the show, did you see this in theaters as a kid like I did? I want to know. I want to know. Did anybody else see this? So make sure to email me, comment wherever you're listening. I'm curious to read some responses. That question and the email are down below for you to check out. Thank you, listeners, for coming along with me on my review for TMNT. It was um, a little disappointing. It didn't hold up as an adult from when I was a kid. Just have that fond memory of seeing it in theaters. But unfortunately, it's not there for me as an adult. But thanks for coming along with me along this shell of a good ride. I will see you next week. I'm curious to see how next week pans out. More modernized, better visuals, bigger budget. Yeah, um, we're going to check it out together. So make sure to hit subscribe and join me next week for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.